Okay, Boker Tov, everyone. Very good Arab Shabbat. Beautiful day in Yerushalayim. One of the hallmarks of halacha is that uh, to acquire something or even to commit oneself to something, it requires more than words. So, for instance, if I tell you, uh, I'm going to sell you my house, and you tell me, it's great, I'm going to buy it, nothing happened yet. Now, there's a moral obligation to fulfill what one says. But that moral obligation is not really actionable in law. So we have a whole section of halacha dealing with kinyanim, what is a power of acquisition. So we have a Kenyan Chlipin, which is called Kenyan Sudar in the Gemara. We have a Kenyan Chotzer coming into my property. We have a Kenyan that I actually picked the thing up. There are different methods of acquiring things. And the same thing is true in commitments. So if a person makes a commitment, so the question is, did he make a nether? Did he take a vow? But let's say he, he says, So then the question is, does it, uh, is it a public uh, statement, a private statement? But as important as the power of words are, and they're very important, you know, words alone, rarely if ever, affect uh, acquisition or commitment. Now let's move up a level. In the Torah we find there are numerous cases of what are called Brit, a covenant. Uh, Brit is a uh, an agreement between two parties, so to speak, that is binding. There are Britot that are binding forever. It's a very strong form of commitment. So we find, for instance, uh, recording in progress. We find that uh, heaven, so to speak, made a covenant with the human race uh, as represented by the rainbow that uh, heaven would not destroy the world. As Briti, Nosati, Bonum, I made my covenant through this cloud. The fact that water is a prism bends the light into the shape of a rainbow 
that's my commitment that the world will not be destroyed. So that is a one-sided commitment. It didn't say, I won't destroy the world if the world behaves. That It didn't say that. It just said that I won't do it again. And that commitment is binding. We see that in spite of all of the negative things that have occurred in human history, and that it continue to occur, and nature still functions. Didn't quit on us. Didn't say, uh, you're not deserving anymore. So we don't have a marble that occurs again to destroy l'shaches kol to destroy everything that's alive. So that's a one-sided commitment. Haven't made the commitment. It's unconditional. Human beings never said anything about it. And naturally, there is an implicit idea that if you have such a commitment from heaven, that you're going to try and behave yourself. But it's not something that is, uh, so to speak, spoken out, committed, etc. Then you have a commitment called the Brit, which is that of Abraham Avinu, which is the uh, right of Mila. It's a covenant that's in the flesh of every male Jew. So there, there is, it's a two-sided commitment. The uh, act of the Mila is the our act of accepting the Brit that the Rabboni Shalom gave to Avram Avinu. And that Brit included uh, the granting of the land of Israel, uh, the creation of a special nation, uh, the ideas that were in the Brit Bein Abtorim that Avram dreamt about, Mitzrayim, all of that. So there's that type of a covenant. In this week's Parsha, we have the uh, probably the most foundational brit between the Jewish people and the Rabbani Shalom. And that is the brit of Torah. So we read last week's Parsha that the Rabbani Shalom descended on Har Sinai. And uh, they heard uh, at least two of the uh, Ten Commandments. And the Jewish people said, Nasev and Ishma. In this week's parsha, it's Nasev and Ishma. The last week's parsha was Nasev. So the Jewish people committed themselves to Torah. Everything that God said, Nasev and Ishma, we will do, we will study, 
you will agree to be the Amanivchar, the Mamlechus Kalani, the Goy Kadosh, everything that's implicit in that. And uh, it's with the understanding that it's not going to be an easy ride. Because uh, the more special you are, uh, the more vulnerable you are. And that has been proven over and over again in history. That that's our lot in life. We live in a time when the, the uh, spirit of the time is to make everyone equal. Equally poor, equally dumb, equal. As long as you're equal. But all of human history shows us that the progress in civilization is made by not being equal. By being special. By being creative. By being out of the box. By not being like your neighbor. So that grates on our ears, I know. Because we don't like to hear that. Nobody in the classroom likes the smartest student in the classroom. The one that gets uh, the highest marks, etc. We want, we want everybody to be on the curve. Everybody should get 70. It's good enough. But if everybody gets 70, the world doesn't go anywhere. So there has to be an inequality built in. That's the idea of the Amanivchor. The Bonishalem built into society that not everybody is equal. Now it's possible that everyone can have equal opportunity even though that's also a goal that's never been achieved. I mean, if you're born in, uh, you know, in Zimbabwe... Uh, in the middle of an African tribe, it's unlikely that you're going to be an atomic physicist or that you're going to be a hedge fund manager or that you're going to own property. So we're born unequal because it depends upon so many circumstances that are not within our power to control. So how heaven balances that, that's not of my business. What about the poor guy in Zimbabwe? How is he judged? What about his soul? He never heard of Rabbi Wine, so how can he know anything? So that's heaven's problem. But the reality of how we deal with things is that it's unequal. And therefore, the inequality begins at Har Sinai. The Bodhisattva said, I'm going to make you unequal. I always mention uh, uh, the quip that Shlomo Kalabach used to say, I heard it from him a number of times, he said he would go on college campuses 
And he would ask the student, uh, well, what are you? And the student would answer, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Roman Catholic, I'm a Protestant. If the student answered, I'm a human being, he said, I knew that was a Jew. Because that's what we would like it to be. But in the reality of the world, that's not the way it is. So the Rabbani Shalom told us, The world is mine. I can do with it what I wish. So, and that's the bracha that we make on the Torah. That somehow there's a chosen people. Somehow in the billions of human beings there is this built-in inequality. Now, the door to become part of the chosen people is always slightly ajar. You can get in. Over the history of the Jewish people, there have been hundreds of thousands of converts, if not more. Many of them became the great people for the Jewish people. So, it's an exclusive club, but you can somehow have access to it. But nevertheless, the principle is there. That you're Zgula Mikola Amim. And the Rabbani Shalom then uh, phrases it. Being the chosen people means that you will be a kingdom of Kohanim. And Kohanim is someone that serves God and man. The opinions in the Gemara, whether the Kohanim are Shluchei de Rachmona or Shluchei de Dan, are they our agents, are they the agents of heaven? Most of the Mephorshim say that they're both. Technically, in Aloha, we have to make a decision, but in thought, they serve God and man. So you're going to be that type of a kingdom. And you'll be a dedicated people. Kadosh we usually translate as holy, but that's uh, a little uh, a little off. Kadosh really means dedicated to a certain uh, principle here. And that's what you'll be. And it is to that that the Jewish people responded, Kol Asher Diber Hashem Na'asem Okay, we agree. There's a famous idea that Ksav Sofer says in this week's parsha, in last week's parsha, really. Ksav Sofer was the son of the Chatam Sofer. Schreiber. It was a great darshan. And a wonderful uh, safer of Jerush and Perushim. 
and he was the Rav in Bratislava and Presburg. So he said as follows Rashi says on the Mamlechas Kohen, Ivagoy Kodosh. So then Rashi says, Lo Pachot Velo Yoter. Don't tell him anything more, don't tell him anything less. So he says, Why do you. Why does Rashi insert that here? We know that's a din in all the psukim in the Torah. You cannot say less than what the Pesach says, and you cannot say more than what the Pesach says. You have to be exact. So his Jewish here is, whether or not that's the pshat makes no difference, but the idea is an exalted idea. So he says, the covenant was one-sided, not two-sided. We think that Nasev means that we make the covenant because we said Nasev What if we would have said nothing? What if we said, you know, we'd like to research it. We'll have a convention of experts that will decide whether it's good for us or not. So he says that that's impossible because the Rabboni Shom already said The whole world belongs to me. So he says as follows. Zgula Mikol Amim is not dependent upon us. No matter what the Jewish people do, they remain the Jewish people. The leftist, Marxist, atheist, he's still Zgula Mikol Amim. But if you want to be a, you want to have a choice, so it should be lopochos veloyoser. You will never be less than zgulam mikolamim. You can never be more than mamleches kolamim and goikodosh. Those are the parameters of Jewish existence. The minimum is that you remain special. The maximum is you do something with it. You're a priest. You're, you do, you serve God and man. You're a dedicated people. That's what you can do. But as far as Gula Mikola Amim, that's all, the Rabboni Shalom already decided that for you. That's because of the Avot, that's because of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, it's because, whatever because. Because when it comes to heaven, we never quite figure out how it works. The Novi Yeshayo says, it's beyond us. It used to be a, a, a dog roll that was said uh, in the English public school system 
It said, how odd of God to choose the Jews. So, there's truth in that. There's truth in that. But nevertheless, we remain the Amanivchor. But in this week's Parsha, we enter into it, into the covenant, by doing something. Last week, all we did was, you said we're going to do it. Now, I'm going to sell you the house. I'm going to buy the house. Turn around and sell the house to somebody else. The buyer can say, I don't have the money anymore. They never made a uh, binding Kenyan to do anything. They just uh, spoke about it. famous bad joke which unfortunately like all bad jokes are true is true is that uh, two Jews are in Shul and Shabbos and one Jew turns to the other and he said listen I'm not allowed to speak about this on Shabbos so I'm not going to speak to you about it on Shabbos but my house is for sale and the other Jew, uh, ten minutes later, says, I'm not allowed to speak to you about this on Shabbos. And I'm not going to speak to you about it on Shabbos, but I'm interested in buying your house. And this goes on back and forth. You know, it's a long davening. So they negotiate the price and everything. And when they're leaving the shul, the buyer says to him, I don't want to talk on Shabbos, but my lawyer is going to call you on Sunday. And the Jew says to him, don't bother, I sold it to someone else already. So that's not a covenant. So Moshe Rabbeinu has to create the covenant. And that's in this week's Parsha. They brought uh, korbanot, they brought sacrifices, and then the Torah tells us they split the blood. Half the blood was bagonot, in some sort of vials, uh, tubes. Half the blood, and the Gemara Darshans that half the blood meant half the blood. Exact, something which a human being cannot uh, achieve. So you have always, in all matters regarding the Jews, you always have a touch of the miraculous that has to be present. And what happened with the blood? So half the blood went on the Mizbeach, went on the altar. So that was the covenant Hashem, so to speak. And the other half, Moshe sprinkled over the Jewish people. So again, that's miraculous. You're talking about uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. How much blood was there? Even if you got one drop each, 
the Medrash says that uh, that they uh, that they had a spot of blood on their shirt. They never took off the shirt. That was the edgium. That was the decoration that they had from Har Sinai. Later on, by the sin of the eagle of the golden calf, they had to remove the Torah. It says, take off your decoration. Take off your medal. This drop of blood was the medal that the Jew had to show that he was a member of the covenant. That he was part of it. So Moshe sprinkles it on the Jewish people. So half went on the Mizbeach and half went on the Jewish people. So the Mephorshim say, especially in the Sifrei Chassidus, you see it, that why half and half? That this is this covenant that Moshe makes with the Torah is different than other covenants. Because the other covenants can be one-sided. One party agrees. The Polish Shalom puts in a rainbow. The Jewish people have a mirror, whatever. It's, it's, it's not, it doesn't look exactly balanced. Here it's exactly half and half. Because when they accepted the Torah, they became partners with the Rabboni Shalom. It's not an agreement of what to do. It's an, an agreement that I'm a partner. If I'm a partner, then naturally I'm bound to the other partner. And uh, therefore the sprinkling of the blood, that covenant is what binds the Jewish people to the Torah because now we're the partner in the Torah. The Mephorshim say that that's the, the partnership, that's the Torah Shabiksav and the Torah Shabalpeh. The Torah Shabiksav is purely from heaven. God gave us that, every word, every letter. The Torah Shabalpeh is us. Every generation, every student, throughout all the ages, everybody adds a piece to the Torah, a new insight. A new understanding, a new application. That's what we had, that's our half. And that's why you make the bracha, we're busy with the Torah. The partner is busy. It's not a silent partner here, it's not an investor. There's a difference between a partner and an investor. An investor gives you money and he waits that you should give him back money. A partner is uh, someone that's working in the business. He's furthering the institution. So we're partners with the Rabboni Shalom. That's the covenant of the Torah. So if we're a partner and we are interested in the matter being successful. No one wants failure. And that remains uh, the Jewish partnership throughout all of the ages to make sure that this partnership is successful. To make sure that uh, 
Both partners are satisfied, so to speak. The Forsham say this week we're going to also have partial scrolling. So it says half a shekel. Machzis a shekel. Why half a shekel? Say a shekel. So again, the Mephoshim discussed this, and they say, we give half a shekel, the Rabbani Shalom gives us the other half a shekel. Heaven has to put the other half a shekel in. It ends up shekel HaKodesh. It ends up being the dedicated, the holy shekel. But we have to put in our half. The Rabbani Shalom puts in his half. So there are many areas of life where we expect God to do everything. People say, you know, uh, when you can't do anything, so you say God will help. And he certainly will. But that's not how life works. God will put in his half, but you have to put in your half. You have to somehow... uh, do something. Can't just sit back and relax and rely. Though that was the secret of the Torah here. The covenant of the Torah. Moshe told the Nasiv and Ishma his good intentions. But it's not enough. You have to put in half the blood, which is the effort. You have to put in half the money. Money is sometimes to people more than blood, more than effort. You have to be a partner. I'm not asking you to be an investor. So, therefore, this Brit. Uh, which is uh, described in this week's Parsha, that, that becomes the fundamental Brit. Moshe will say later in Chumash Dvorim, he'll refer back to this Brit and he'll make a new Brit with a new generation. They're going to go into Eretz Israel. So you have to put your half into Eretz Israel too. It's not going to be easy. There are seven nations waiting uh, to destroy you. It'll take you hundreds of years to get to build a base of Migdash. So that's the covenant. And so we're a covenantal people. And that's really what makes us unequal. That's really what differentiates us. Both ends, from heaven and from us. And I think that any uh, view of Jewish life or Jewish history, or certainly of Jewish society today, so you have to see, do people feel they're part of the covenant? Or don't they feel? They don't know what you're talking about. 
One final story. You know, the old uh, canard, which is true, that people remember uh, the moral lesson for uh, a day, and they remember uh, the story for a week, and they remember the joke for a month. So I ran out of jokes, but the, the story is... And I saw this story in my lifetime played out numerous times. Poor man comes to a rich man. And he says to him, you know, I once helped your father. And he tells him the story. The story that I knew from Miami beaches that he said we were both veterans in World War One. It's a true story. The Gabbai in our shul was placed on the pile of the dead for burial. And when they came to put him in the grave, uh, they noticed that he was still alive. So the guy that was holding him by the feet said, throw him in anyway. Because, <laughs> you know, 12, 12 million people get killed, you know, what's the difference? But the one that was holding his head, who was this guy, the Jew, he said, no, no, how can you do it? He's alive. And he was saved. So he told me that years later, a man came to him and said, I'm the son of the man that saved you. And I need help. I want you to help me. So he said, well, I appreciate it, etc., but well, I have nothing to do with you. I don't know you from Adam. And the man said to him, no, no, no. He said... If my father saved you, then you have a lot to do with me. Because that type of favor does not end with one's life. That is a lasting favor. The covenant of the Jewish people with their abominable is a lasting favor. All of us still are part of it because our ancestors were part of it. Your Bonin can say, I did a favor with your grandfather. And the grandfather can say, I did a favor too. So I want you to continue my heritage. And that sense of the covenant is what governs the Jewish people and Jewish life. And that's why we find it in this week's Parsha to occupy such an important part. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thank you for coming. Stay well.